Good morning. I'm going to try that again. I know that gives that flavor of a pep assembly and I'm sorry. Good morning. Hey, there it was. I was interrupting people the first time, which is good news. And for my second favorite part of the service. Good job. So our welcome verse of the day is a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, but a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And that is from Matthew 7, 18. Um, As a Christian elementary school teacher, one of our go-to teachings is usually about the fruit of the Spirit. We even have really fun little songs to sing about them. And uh, I think that's probably why I I really haven't addressed it yet. It's because I I do it so much over here, I forgot to do it over here. But this morning, we're going to be looking at the fruits of the Spirit. And... um, I do have a song running through my head, which assures me the fruit of the Spirit is not a coconut. And if you want to be a coconut, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit. That aside, that brings us to Galatians 5. Um, I'm actually going to start back a little bit further because the fruit of the Spirit is actually around verse 23. Um, but I'm going to start around verse 13 which is entitled in my Bible, Life by the Spirit. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Isn't that cool? You weren't expecting me to stop already. I wasn't either, but that's worth remembering. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. It's kind of refreshing. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. That really is a snare amongst Christians because we're humans. And it's unavoidable that we're humans. And trapping in being human is, uh, oh, I don't know, devouring one another, establishing a pecking order or dominance and making sure that everything is just so and holding grudges and all of that, are that, that's all very much part of the human experience. But something that we're supposed to not do, well, is, is that exact thing, to not bite and devour each other. That's one of the the most common teachings in Scripture is forgiveness, and it's not an accident. Did you know you can forgive people even if they aren't sorry? Just putting that out there. That's just basic life advice. You're allowed to forgive people even if they're not sorry. I also don't advocate for you being everybody's doormat. That's a whole other conversation. There's balance there, though, but you can forgive people even if they're not sorry. Even if they don't know they're wrong, you're allowed to forgive them. Okay, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. 
They are in conflict with, with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Okay. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Flesh and the Spirit are kind of adverse to one another. When I'm acting in ways that I should, in ways that please God, I'm usually giving up something really temporal that would please me momentarily. And when I do things that will please me momentarily, I'm usually giving up something deeper, something better, something of spiritual value. Now, I mean, there are groups of people historically that have taken this verses like this and just said, okay, we're going to wear very uncomfortable clothing. We're going to sit rigidly. You can only read the Bible. Don't laugh on Sunday, right? There are groups of people that have went to that extreme, and I think that they've uh, lost the forest for the trees. They've, they may have gone a bit far in that direction. So in verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, fractions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of, of God. Now, we like to cherry pick things out of that list. Have you ever noticed that we as Christians like to cherry pick certain things out of that list and be like, nope, that's not okay. Um, ones that jump out are things like sexual immorality, witchcraft, drunkenness. But you realize that there's more than three things in that list, correct? And that they're all there right next to each other, not elevating as one more important than the other. This is one of the things that makes Christianity, if you're going to live out Christianity, humility is one of the biggest things we got to adopt because we are all so apt to make mistakes. But I'm going to go through that list again. Sexual immorality. Now, inherent in the fact that that's listed there, we must acknowledge that sexual immorality exists. It does. And it's sinful. Now let's move on to the next one of equal value. Impurity and debauchery. Hmm. Party all the time. Anyway. Idolatry and witchcraft. I would assume most of you are not involved in witchcraft. What about idolatry? What is more important to you than Jesus this morning? Don't answer that out loud or it'll get awkward. But is something more important to you than Jesus? Are people more important to you than Jesus? Is your possessions more, are, are your possessions more important to you than Jesus? If so, you are engaging in this little thing we call idolatry, which is on that same level playing field as sexual immorality and witchcraft. I'm not saying to disregard sins because we all sin. I'm just saying let's not elevate. Let's not pretend that some of us are sinning better than others. We are all sinners. 
and no one is sinning better than others, but that isn't to give us license to sin. That's to keep us humble as we give each other accountability and walk together in love, right? Don't throw it all out, but let's not beat each other up. Okay, there's more. Hatred. That had to be on the list, didn't it? Hatred. You know, for some of us, this is a lifelong a lifelong journey to not be hateful. Hatred is fun. It isn't really. But hatred is very elevating. Because if you truly hate something, then you're better than that. And it's very, very helpful. Very helpful with your self-esteem sometimes to be hateful. I'm speaking tongue-in-cheek. Hate is bad, but we are so susceptible to becoming hateful, and we'll even come up with other words for it so that we don't admit that we hate. Oh, I strongly dislike. No, you hate that person. You came up with a better term for it. You act as though you hate them, and you probably do. And I'm sorry. Though I do love precise language, and I like it when people use a good vocabulary, so if you come up with, you know... If you detest someone, you are hating them. It just sounds better. So that's something, that isn't something that you just wake up and you're like, oh, free of hate today. Lists like this remind us how much we need Jesus, how much we need to be seeking the heart of the Father. He doesn't tell us this because it's first nature. It's so not. Hatred is first nature. Sweet baby Ray. Sorry, there's a baby up here. I got distracted. Anyway, discord. What does discord mean? Think of a cord. It's usually woven together. It's functioning. Bound. Strong. Discord. What could that possibly mean? Frayed and coming apart. Discord, when you think of discord, people sow discord into a group and then they no longer get along. Discord is in the same list as sexual immorality, hatred, witchcraft, and worshiping things that aren't God. Discord. And discord doesn't usually happen in like a, an overt way. Discord usually happens with, did you hear about Elizabeth? She's doing that thing over there. We really need to pray for her. And also she did this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Praying for each other is essential. Make sure you're not gossiping and then just saying we should really pray for him. It's like that Southern disclaimer of bless your heart. Northern evangelicals do it too. We just say we should really pray for them. Bless their heart. I'm just saying. We all have these little disclaimer. For, no offense, but allow me to say the most offensive thing you're going to hear today. It does nothing. It does nothing. We do need to pray for each other. We do need to hold each other accountable. We do need to share and bear each other's burdens. Yes. But let's make sure that we're not gossiping and then just saying, we need to pray for them. I now feel horribly towards that person, but we should really pray for them. Hmm. Anyway, do you know how I know how well to describe that one? Because I've done it. I'm not pointing fingers. I've done it too. 
That's how I can describe it so effectively is because I've done it and I'm sorry and I have and hopefully I don't, but I might. And if you catch me doing it, call me on it. You have my permission. You'd be like, aren't you doing that thing? That thing you were talking about, that gossiping thing? Call me on it. You have my permission. Call me on it. When you see the inconsistencies in my life, I want you to call me on it because they're going to show up sometimes. And if I've never disappointed you, wait. I am human. You are human. We're going to disappoint each other sometimes. But I'm going to love you enough to let there be a time after that, probably. That's what I ask in return. Let's walk. Let's follow Christ together. Not because I'm good or not because you're good, but because God is good. My Bible is actually sliding today. That almost never happens. I don't know what, what, oh, that's the problem right there. I put my bulletin under my Bible, so my Bible just keeps sliding down the podium. You could have lived the rest of your life never hearing that and been fine. Oh, here's another hard one. Jealousy. None of us are ever jealous, right? You know, one of the silliest forms of jealousy I have right around this time is, do you know how much I would love to be on a beach eating a fresh orange right now? And there are people who are among us during the warm months that are doing just that right now. Now, that isn't like a harsh, terrible jealousy. But it could be if I fostered it. We can be jealous about all kinds of silly things. You know, I'm allowed to admire someone's vehicle, but the second I start being like, how come I don't, how come I don't do that? How come I don't have one of those? I look at some of these trucks in the parking lot. I'm like, man, I'd kind of like to have a truck, but I've priced trucks. And no, I don't want to have one. I also drive by gas stations and realize I don't want to have one. But they're cool, and I like them. But it, jealousy is one of the easiest things to fall into. We do it as children. Their cookie's bigger than mine. I want to play with that toy right now. Jealousy is very much first nature. But we're called not to be jealous. Fits of rage. Oh, my. We've never experienced that at church, I'm sure. Fits of rage. Fits of rage on the same list as hatred, on the same list as witchcraft, as the same list as sexual immorality. Fits of rage. You know, you can be really wrong about being right. You can be really wrong about being right. I've been righteously anger for, angry from... Uh, high estimate 30 seconds in my entire life. I've been righteously angry for maybe 30 seconds in my entire life. If you add up all the times I was righteously angry. I have been petulantly, childishly, ragefully angry for years of my life, if you were to add it up. Because what started as me recognizing that something was unrighteous, unjust, against the will of God, turned into me throwing a baby fit in my head and being grudging and mad. I am aware of that. 
And I don't want to be mean, but I know some of you have probably done that too, but you're not aware of that yet. So allow me to expose this about myself in hopes that maybe you can see it yourself. There is nothing wrong with being righteously angry. Being able to recognize when something is unjust is good. Speaking out when something is unjust is good. Harboring hatred and getting worked up and being rageful is not good. It doesn't matter why you got mad to begin with. How we exercise that can turn sinful very quickly. Selfish ambition. Hmm. What to say about selfish ambition? It doesn't always look like what we think it does. It doesn't always look like what we think it does. I don't even want to throw out examples because I could hurt somebody's feelings. I don't want to come up with a fake one because it might land too new. But selfish ambition, why are we trying to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish? What does it serve? What does it serve? Is it to glorify God? Is it to glorify me? Is it to glorify a small group of us? Is it because I think it would be better? We all have opinions, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some of you could be being led by the Spirit to make a good decision. What is our motivation? What is our motivation is what I'm asking. It's what we should be asking ourselves: is, to what end? What is the point of what we are doing? Is it because it makes me feel better? Sometimes. I think it would be better if we did this. Well, if that's the overall opinion, then there's nothing wrong with that. But if it has to be my way for the sake of being my way, that could be problematic. If I need to further myself, if it was really important for me to further my career or to further my position within the church for my own selfish reasons, I don't see how that couldn't be sinful, to be honest. Dissensions, I talked about that a little bit with discord. We're quick to throw each other away as Christians, not just within this room, but we're quick to throw each other away. Why? Because when we all get to the same heaven, providing that they're really Christians, when we all get to the same heaven, are you still going to make them stand over there with the Methodists or over there with the people that sat in the back pew or over here with the people... Aren't you going to be in the presence of God and so overwhelmed with worshiping God that it didn't matter? Now, when is, when is that supposed to start? We see that in heaven. No one argues with that. Why don't we see that now? Why aren't we so consumed with worshiping the Father right now that you can just kind of let it slide? That we disagree sometimes. You hurt me. I hurt you. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Let's worship God together. It's hard. It is really hard. And I have not arrived. If there isn't arrived, I haven't arrived, but I'm aware of it. I want to get better. Do you want to get better with me? I want to get better. Factions. That goes along with dissension and discord in my head. Factions. Let's get into little groups and click up. Make sure that we run things the way that we ought to. Envy. Envy. 
I have a hard time seeing envy as being much different than, uh, than jealousy, but sometimes we envy people. We're not jealous of what they have, but we envy who they are, the skill set they have, the cut of their jib. You know, we envy things about each other, like, wow, their hair is so nice. And I'm sure Garrett appreciates that you feel that way, but sometimes you'll look at someone and be like, man, look at their hair. Boy, I wish I could grow a beard like Noah does, you know, kind of while you wait. I have wispy, wispy facial hair. There's a guy in the church that's barely not a kid anymore that can grow a face blanket minutes. That sounds like envy, doesn't it? Honestly, I hate to shave up. It would be very hard for me to have that kind of hair growth, but it's cool. But we envy little things about each other. Some of you have incredible skills in woodworking and carpentry, basic adulting that I don't hold. And sometimes I find little, little pangs of envy, you know? However, some of you that are really talented in this area hate to be the center of attention. So I'm going to try really hard not to bring your name up, but I notice some of you are really good at woodworking. Some of you are really good at construction. And uh, I would love to have that quality, but am I willing to work for it? Probably not. Let's be honest. That would be silly. That would be silly for me to be envious of something that I could improve in, but don't put the work in. But what else we got here? Um, envy, drunkenness. Well, that's an obvious one, right? That's an obvious sin. Drunkenness. You're letting go of who you are to become something you're not. You are just harming yourself. You're giving yourself a low level of toxins. You are poisoning your body for the sake of feeling a little relief. And I fully understand. I get it. 100%. I understand. I'm not even going to judge you over it. But I will say, I don't have to judge you for it to be on this list. God calls us not to be drunk. He calls us not to be inebriated. He calls us to be sober-minded and vigilant. And it's important. You should not let go of your better senses. Allow yourself to become inebriated. Live in your fantasy world of fake emotions and feelings that you get momentarily. And also, I'll tell you, anyone who has been an imbiber, that's a nice way of saying someone that drinks too much, anyone that has drunk too much in their life, so I've read. I'm not just so I've read. I've been there. We all tend to have one trait that comes out that everybody hates. And of course, you don't find out about it until you stop drinking and people tell you about it. There's a joke in my bloodline that none of us can drink gin. And we all have a gin story. And you can turn it into a joke. In reality, it's sad. What's happening, though, is we gave ourselves over to our sinful desires, and this is the fruit that's being born. That's really what happened. How temperate you want to be, that's between you and God. I'm not going to stand up here and say, but what I do know my Bible says is do not be drunk. Be sober-minded and vigilant. 
I will stand on that. All of that gray area, discuss it amongst yourselves. That's between you and God at the end of the day. Orgies and the like. There's kids in the room. I'm just going to throw that under sexual immorality. We're aware it exists, correct? It's not for the best. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. It can become easy for us to point at really obvious sins and being like, that sexually immoral person over there, they're clearly not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Or that drunken fellow over there is clearly not going to inherit the kingdom of God. It can be very easy for us to point and say that. What about the jealous people amongst us? What about those who hate? Because in reality, of this list, there is something that you are prone to do on this list. We need to recognize truth. We need to strive for perfection, but understand we need to be humble because we are not there. And all these are on a lateral list together. Let's hold each other up, not beat each other down. Okay. Now here is the list. That was the list of things you don't do. But the good news is, is we're about to have a list of wonderful things that you can do. And if you're doing the things on this wonderful list, you don't have to worry about the scary list of don't do's. Does that make sense? The way my mind works, it's easier for me to focus on a task of something to accomplish instead of worrying all day about what I'm not allowed to do, right? Currently on a diet, one diet, three of them's way easier. I'm on one diet right now. And it's not a hard diet. But if I focus on all the wonderful things that I can eat, I won't get as mad about the things that I can't eat because I'm on that wonderful diet that lets you eat bacon. Yes. But I'm just saying, if I focus on what I can do, what I should do, it's way better for me wallowing in what I can't do. And that's a silly illustration, but I think it's true in our spiritual life too. If we focus on loving one another, if we focus on helping one another, if we focus on the things that we do well, we have to worry less about, did I break this commandment over here? Because right at the beginning of what I read, for the entire law is fulfilled in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I can look at this list and I can see I have a long way to go, but how do I get there? Not by memorizing that list. It's by loving my neighbor as myself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That is how I move forward. And the good list that I'm getting to now in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, some say patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I saw some of your lips moving when I was reading that list too, which I love. Some of you know the song too, don't you? There's a couple songs. But if I worry about whether or not I'm envying and whether or not I'm uh, doing this or doing that or whether that thought falls under this category, that is no way to live. We are so imperfect. That is no way to live. But can I tell you the list that's worth focusing on? All the time. 
It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You can't have those attributes and then uh, give in to the acts of the flesh. They're, they're antonyms. They, they don't coexist. If I love others as myself, well, then I can't use them spitefully. I can't try to gain things from them. That actually takes care of most of this list. If I truly love people as Christ intended me, me to, I can't use them. Now, if you look at the bad list again, things that if you use people or if you devalue people, that's most of the list right there. If you just love your neighbor as yourself, which of course begins with loving your, yourself, which some of us struggle with. But if you love your neighbor as yourself, but if I love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul and all my mind, my mind is going to tell me that God said I was lovable and that he loved me. And if he loves me, how dare I not love me? It all comes back to those two commandments. But I would encourage you to learn those silly little songs. I would encourage you to put this list to memory. And as you go through your day, I want you to look for the fruits of the Spirit. It's not a coconut. It's not a grape either. But just keep in mind when you're doing things, it's like, was that patient? Patience is hard. Wow. Patience is hard. Gentleness, very hard, particularly if you work with 12-year-olds. Because there comes a point when you just want to say, because I said so, do it now. Right? But patience, gentleness, self-control. You may have noticed I'm a little heavy. Self-control isn't always there. But by personality type, and I was relieved to find this out, many of us are wired more like a, a light switch. And many of us are wired with like that dimmer wheel where you can do things very well in moderation. Silly analogy. But many of you, you can very easily to decide to do a little of something. There are others of us that we're doing it or we're not. I'm more of the light switch wiring by nature. I'm trying to rewire a little bit. Others of you have no problem with finding temperance in life. Just being like, okay, we're going to do a little of this now. We'll do a little of it later. I just get so amped up. I don't know what I'm doing. But it's very easy for me to do something or not do it. It's very hard for me to do a little of something. Self-control, fruit of the spirit. Does that get me off the hook just because I'm emotionally wired away? No, that doesn't get me off the hook. I'm called to have self-control. So that is part of my cross to bear. And we all have it in different ways, some in the same way. But that is our cross to bear, you know? It, it's, it's hard to be good when everything about us is selfish from birth. It's hard to be good. That doesn't get you off the hook, though. I was born selfish and screaming. 
And it's entirely possible that I'll die exactly the same way. It isn't an excuse. God has called us to look at the fruits of the Spirit, which are laid out for us. We have that list of warning, and I think we should read it, and I think we should know it, but I don't think that that should be the part that we harp on constantly. I think we should look at the fruits of the Spirit and say, are we adopting these? Today I'm going to work a little bit more on kindness. I used to be very rude. And I've been told recently that I lack couth. I'm not sure what all that entails, but that's okay. A little uncouth. Other people have told me I'm a mess. It's probably accurate. I used to self-describe myself as white trash, as having just a certain lack of sophistication. It might be true. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter a bit. I have a list of things I can work on. I can follow Christ as I try to add these things to my life to ensure that I'm truly following Christ, that I can love my neighbor as myself, that I can try to be patient with people, that I can try to be good, that I can try to show goodness to people, that I can be joyful. Joy and happiness are different. They're similar, but they're different. I can be having a miserable day and still know the joy that's in my heart. That's a very hard thing to describe to someone that doesn't have it, but people that have it know what I'm talking about. I can be joyful and not be having a good day. I see some people smiling, some people like, I wish you would stop already. Well, maybe. Soon. <laughs> Soon. Hmm. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited provoking, and envying each other. These are all things that we can work on together in community. The Bible gives us a list of things to watch out for. It gives us a list of things to do instead. Let's do those things instead, but let's do it humbly and in love. Because I'm a mess. And you may hide it better than me, but you're a mess too. We're, we're a mess. We have a good God. We are wretched sinners who have a good God that wants to redeem us and make us less wretched as we go. Isn't that great news? Let's walk together. Let's love each other. Let's try to hold each other up and not kick each other down. Sound like a good plan? Okay. Um, if you can do so without pain, would you please stand with me?